Welcome to the Queen City Preachers Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And we're delighted to have you with us today on this balmy, balmy Yeah, we're having February some day. nice warm weather in February. It feels more like a more southern, midwestern kind of pre-Ash yeah. Wednesday vibes. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty remarkable. It's in the 40s. Thought about wearing flats today instead of, you know, boots or tennis shoes. So, Man, a colleague was wearing shorts this morning. <laughs> well, that's not that wild. That's not that wild. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, yeah, it's it's warm-ish, mm-hmm. um, and which means it must be time for transfiguration and some light and crazy dazzlingness of white or whatever. Jesus brings warmth. Sure. <laughs> In the middle of the winter, uh-huh. he brings light yeah, and warmth. Yeah, that's nice. The transfiguration, you know. which happens every year, and you know, it's fine. <laughs> this is a so so if if any of you listening are preachers um you know that this is one of those stories that's kind of like huh okay how do we how do we engage with this in creative ways it's kind of like yeah you know that doubting thomas comes around every, every year. year and and there's there's certain joy in getting to navigate texts over and over again in different ways and there's certain tedium and exhaustion Mm-hmm. And transfiguration is also it's a it's it's a it's a a holiday per se in the sense that it's it is set apart from the seasons mm-hmm. um, in the life of the church, but it's not one that most of us pay attention to all that much, other than maybe on a, on Transfiguration Sunday when the pyramids are white yeah. and you see something different or you hear something different spoken, but most of us would say what. Okay, We're not like, right. I got to get to church, it's Transfiguration Sunday. Yeah. But maybe we should figure out a reason why you should come to church this Transfiguration Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Let's work on that over the course <laughs> of the next uh, next chunk of time as we t- wrestle with this text. I, You know, I, the one thing that I will say about this text, and, and we'll dive right in, dive in in just a moment, and it's found, um, the text that we most often use is in Matthew, but the text this year is in Mark in the ninth chapter. But like... What's interesting is to tie this into how we understand God, God's presence in the world, and also what that means for justice. Okay. And and I think that that may be a tie-in that is is worth wrestling with more. And I'm still figuring this out for Sunday, so you know. Okay. But like, but I'm really kind of intrigued by by some of this. Not just you know the this is my son piece, mm. um, and the naming of who Jesus is mm. again. Which, by the way, this happens three times in Mark, which is an interesting thing. Um, Ooh, baptism here, weird. and then at the end. Uh-huh. Um, and so, in some ways, this is this is Mark's way of of declaring who Christ is throughout this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our middle the, or the incarnational yeah. life of Mark. That okay. Mark. So I'm I'm just going to read this, and then we we can dive in, and and I don't know, maybe we'll find a reason to come <laughs> on Sunday. Um, to to hear this or to engage it, um, there aren't that many great transfiguration hymns either. To be fair, um, so you know, uh, yeah, keep that in mind. So if you're a hymn writer out there and you're up, listening to this, uh, please up on consider the it. Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Just spitballing some spitballing options. Some mount, yeah, mountaintop experiences are a main theme. Mm-hmm. I've definitely preached on that. Um, <laughs> but let's let's read this and go. See where we go. So uh, this is chapter nine in Mark, uh, and verses two through nine are are the text. Although I'll, I'll add, there's a little bit before and a little bit after that kind of relate to this, um, but they're not they're not quite as significant from the perspective of of 
lumping it as transfiguration. Mm. Um, they're a little bit more explanatory. Um, and so I think that's why they're excluded. Although, who knows? Um, maybe somebody who helped who write their say? revised common lectionary would tell Not us why. I. Not me. <laughs> so six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. And then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved, listen to him. And suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, there's some stuff here, you know? Yep. The first thing I think about, too, is the um, this kind of reiteration, which we've gotten a lot of lately in the in the readings we've done, the gospel lessons we've had of the tell no one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is because interesting because we've primarily gotten it uh, through the don't let the demons speak my name so that no one knows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now we're getting the disciples like don't tell anybody. True. I don't know. If, I don't know if you were thinking about that at all, but it just kind of strikes me. It's just interesting. Well, it's a question of what does silence mean? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, I mean, one thing that one tact with that too is what does it mean to bear witness? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that, that we so often view that witnessing something is to then be about sharing it. Okay. Right. And in some ways is this Mark reminding us that to bear witness to something is also about how it impacts us. And that if we focus outward too much, we're not actually letting it transform us. Hmm. Meaning, like, is some of the say, don't say anything is like, you guys were here. Yeah. Like, sit on this for a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, don't just go tell people, wow, that was amazing. Think about what this is actually doing for you or yeah. how this has impacted you. Um, maybe huh. there's some level of reflectiveness there. I Yeah, yeah. How And I think about how that would, you know, like, why other people would be called to follow Jesus because of this witnessing. Yeah. Right? if we see it all together with the rest of the story, right, it, it's like these different puzzle pieces that fit together to create who Jesus is. But if you're someone hearing about Jesus and you're like, well, why should I follow Jesus? And they're like, well, because we went up the mountain and he was clothed in dazzling white and he yeah. was together with Elijah and Moses. It's, it's this very different perspective of Jesus than the people might get if they actually come into contact with him right and experience the healing the cleansing the casting out demons right is mm-hmm. these very two different kind of perspectives of who Jesus is and i wonder if that's similar with the demons because them saying jesus is the same is calling him the holy one of god right the of god kind of thing right and yeah. so it's this different like persona as opposed to like who you are versus what you do and maybe jesus wants them to see what he does as opposed to just naming him who he is. Don't follow me just because I'm the Holy one of God. Follow me because of the things that I do in God's name. Yeah. And Maybe. I mean, I kind of referenced that like two weeks ago, right? I mean, that like yeah. the, the off to the rate, well, 
specifics or was it, I don't know, with the fishermen, but then, I mean, the disciples, but then also with the demon that it's, is that we're, Mark dives in so fast and so much of this is learning about Jesus through his ministry, mm-hmm. right? That it's about yes. what he does, yeah. not, not like how Matthew or Luke gives us the back story. Mm-hmm. That it's, we, we learn about Jesus by witnessing Jesus in action. And maybe in some ways what, what I hear you saying is that maybe the silence is to say, pay attention to the action. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. That that this isn't just about the stories. This is about actually experiencing. Yeah, and and not wanting people just to follow Jesus because of who they think he is, right? But who he actually is. But who what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who he is and what he and what he does. You know. Yeah, who he is based on their experience of that, not just based on yes what they hear. Because that, that's an interesting commentary yeah, on faith, but because that's an interesting thing going back to who people were expecting the Messiah to be, right? Yeah. And if you see this version of a Messiah that's like up on a mountain clothed in dazzling white, right, with, with Elijah, Elijah and, and Moses, Moses, you get this maybe more idea of what the people's other perspective might be that this Messiah is coming in, he's going to be this pol- political or military leader, right? Yeah. And if that's all they th- expect of Jesus that's so like the opposite of who he actually is yeah and Elijah and Moses aren't military but no, they are esteemed prophets. in the in the prophetic journey mm-hmm. of of understanding God mm-hmm. and and people would be like so you're going to lead us to freedom or you're going to yeah experience bring us into the land bring us yeah mm-hmm. carry us and Jesus is like no, mm-hmm. or and maybe that's another interesting question about transfiguration: is what is the purpose mm-hmm. of those of folks witnessing with them? those two with him? Mm-hmm. Um, is it is it to align Jesus with them? Mm-hmm. Um, which you know that creates a very interesting messianic question, right? Like theologically, mm-hmm. because Our then is Jesus versus is, Son of God? Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Is that's that's kind of awkward. Um, And I'm not sure that that's the intent, right? The intent is more to say the Son of God fits into the line of those who have brought about change and transformation Mm -hmm. and who have made space, and in some ways I think about this in the fullness of their stories, have made space for God Mm -hmm. when they have been reluctant to do so. Mm Mm-hmm. And that Jesus is a continuation of breaking into a world that struggles to bear witness to that. That's, yeah. Right? Yeah, I that, like that. That Jesus comes comes into that. And he's different than them. But at the same time, he comes, he comes to a world that still is struggling to know God mm-hmm. and to follow faithfully. And in some ways, him saying, don't tell anybody, is another way of being like, it's about following. Mm-hmm. Like what you just saw. It's not about just being like, hey, that was really cool. I want to go follow Elijah, Moses, Jesus now. Yeah. Right? Like this, who is this dude? Mm-hmm. It's more like, he's like, no, no, no. What you just saw was a reminder that this is only part of the picture. Yeah. And that this is a whole um, history of God's redemptive work. Yeah. And that redemptive work did not begin with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah, God has been working throughout all of history, not just to transfigure, but to transform. Yeah, and it raises the question to me of why do the disciple dudes need to be there? Like, mm-hmm. what what do they need to witness and experience? Because, so just to be fair, like we're in chapter nine. Yeah, like 
We're pretty in, far. In Mark's gospel, that a lot has happened. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is Because it was interesting because back when so, we were in chapters one and two, we only had four disciples. Now we got some other guys following yeah. Jesus too. Yeah. And so we have in this context, we have Peter, James, and John going up on the mountain, right? So three of them. Mm-hmm witnessing these are also um these are the first three right other than andrew is that right like simon well simon is peter oh simon peter yeah simon peter so but this is essentially what we have is we have three of the first four Mm -hmm. right i think and so the question is what what is needed what do they need to experience and to and to um to know by being on a mountaintop Mm mm-hmm and, and especially yeah. on the foottails of all of these like mir- yeah, like miracles, teachings, mm-hmm. you know, how does that, I wonder how that, like, what do they need to know and how does that fit together with what they've already witnessed as well? Yeah. And, and what does this, you know, I mean, even like projecting further, like what does this then do to them? Mm-hmm. Like what? Like we think about the transfiguration, it's really interesting. The transfiguration, um, this might be a fun tack to take in a sermon, um, just as the gears are turning here, that we treat the transfiguration as a transformation of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But what if that's not actually what this is? What if this is the question about how, how, do, how are we transformed by witnessing who God actually is? And that this is a reminder of being invited into that. Mm-hmm into the spaces in our lives that mm-hmm. what happens to John, James and Peter. Yeah. Like how does this transform them? Now the answer is probably, well, not really. I mean like they're kind of, <laughs> they're, they're nincompoops in some ways, but like well, they're human. Yeah. But like, but I'm also just wondering like what does the transfiguration is, is that more about us than it is about Jesus? Hmm. I guess, like, oh, if we could put ourselves in the place of uh, Peter, James, and John, like, what would be our reaction to this? What, how would it change who we see Jesus as? I. And who do we need? Who do we need to? What are the? How do we need to see Jesus too? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, not just how do we see Jesus, but what do we need to witness? Yeah. You know, I, I think about that that for some, um, Jesus is the um is the socialist justice wielding powerhouse. For others, there's that kingly reign, heavenly, mm-hmm. eternal life realm. For others it's personal salvation, for others it's corporate. Mm-hmm. For some it's very much what Jesus taught and did in his life. For others it's about the cross and resurrection alone, mm-hmm. right? And that there's that tension held in the fullness of who Christ is. And I'm wondering if some of this is pointing out that we, that we and we through the lens of the disciples are woven into that, mm-hmm. into those mm-hmm. questions of saying, yeah, how do we understand Jesus? And can we name that? Mm-hmm. And that maybe that's not the full picture and maybe we need to be quiet about some of it. I don't know. Like, right. I mean, yeah. like that, that. I'm really thinking, I don't know. I'm thinking about what you mentioned earlier about the history thing with Moses and Elijah. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it's kind of resolving this tension within them. That's like, uh, they, they're people who grew up Jewish, right? 
And yeah, now they're following yeah. Jesus in this whole new way. And we've been talking a lot about the, you know, the authority of the scribes, the authority of Jesus. And I wonder if there's this kind of split in themselves in like who they used to be, who they grew up as and who they're seeing, how they're seeing their faith and religion and all of that stuff now. Well, even Peter's, you know, let me build you a hut. I mean, like mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, now we're back at Sukkot, right? Like yeah, it's, it's right. making that space. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm wondering if like, it's, it just if is you're like, right, if like there's this, like this tension. Gritting tension. And also thinking about too, the people they're reaching out to as well, right? Coming to the Jewish people and to the Gentile people. And it's like, often when we get on a new thing, we think, well, this is it. This is all there is now and how could I be so foolish before but it's like this bringing together it's like no before wasn't foolishness it's just all a part of the story of what came before and what is now and what's coming into the future and everything I wonder if it's this opening of the mind that it can all be woven together that it doesn't lie separate Mm, I like that it's interesting too because even in Mark before this, we also have some saying, no, this is Elijah. Mm-hmm. And we also have references to Moses, mm-hmm. especially when Jesus is correcting them on the law, right? Like yeah. about how to navigate things that, mm-hmm. that it's, that they're already raising these questions mm-hmm. about what, what does this mean in the, in the longer, in the bigger story, the bigger narrative. Yeah. And, and it's maybe it's that proof that it's like, no, Jesus isn't Moses and Jesus isn't Elijah because right? look, the three of them are here together. <laughs> yeah. They're different people. Come on. And and so maybe there is some of that. Yeah. But I wonder if you're right. That like might if just some be of this is also, is also the continuity. And I wonder if in some ways from the perspective of, of thinking back to my question about like, is this for James, John and Peter? Mm-hmm. Is it is some of this that now they can now speak to and say, you remember the stories of Moses? Mm-hmm. stories of Elijah mm-hmm. the story of God is also in this rabbi we're following yeah in Christ mm-hmm. it's kind of just weaving it right? all together right the that fullness of the story is coming together yeah which also in some ways you know I'm gonna this is a stab in the dark I could be totally wrong but I'm wondering if this also Ooh. throws throws heresies under the bus because it throws those that would be claiming to be Elijah or claiming to be Moses or claiming to be in that succession, mm-hmm. it would say, no, that's, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That the false prophets, because you think about those that would claim, I mean, in that day and age, there were so many people that would claim, yeah, right, claim to be that. The and in some ways this is, this is that narrative and God engaging with Christ saying, no, 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 this is a bigger picture with connections, but these are not, Jesus is different. Mm-hmm. It's something new, right? And it's, yeah, my beloved son, right? Maybe it's bashing that idea that like, oh, Moses is going to come back or Elijah is going to come back. And it's like, well, that's God's not just going to redo what was done before. Now it's going to be something new. Yeah, it's going to be something new. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. yeah, something new. And also that like that that's that this is a way to help them articulate it, mm-hmm. right? Too, to say, let's put it in this context, because you're already hearing about these guys and people are asking questions. Mm-hmm. Let me contextualize this for you. Mm-hmm. In a visual. In a visual way. Because they might be visual learners. But that's and, interesting yeah. too, right? That yeah. it's not just like Jesus like, here, let me sit you down and let me tell you, like, I'm not Elijah and I'm not Moses. I'm Jesus, but it's all a part of the story. 
You know, yeah. he's not sitting them down. He's showing them, right? It's the showing, which has, is connects to with what Jesus has been doing all through, right? The showing. It's the showing. And then, but the interesting thing is the showing then leads to uh, God saying, and listen to him. Mm-hmm. Right. That it's, that it's a showing that leads to, into saying, can you see this? Yeah. And now can you actually hear this? And I wonder if, you know, I just, I wonder if this, that's also, listen to him. I've always thought it's kind of a slap um, on the disciples. And I think it might be because it's like, now that you know that it's, he's not Elijah and he's not Moses, can you just stop fighting, think, overthinking this and just actually pay attention to what he's doing mm-hmm. and listen mm-hmm. rather than getting so caught up, getting in so caught up in the it. overthinking it. <laughs> like, is just this, listen. is this God's reminder to be like, don't overthink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that know. the gospel message you need to hear? <laughs> Probably on a regular <laughs> basis. <laughs> Transfiguration Sunday. Don't overthink it. <laughs> yeah. Don't overthink it. You may like, uh, he did not know what to say for they were terrified. You know, um, why yeah. are they terrified? Right? Like when Jesus yeah. has been telling them. I mean, they, so this is a really, inter- I mean, that's a really interesting question. I wonder, you know, if some of this is, is Elijah and whirlwind and like, mm-hmm. they're like, we're on a mountaintop and Elijah just showed up and Moses <laughs> is here and Jesus, what is about to happen? Yeah. But the other part of that too is, um, I think about, you know, this goes back to its mountaintop experiences. I think about the vulnerability of being exposed on a mountaintop, right? Mm-hmm. Where there is sh- fierce wind exposure to elements. Mm-hmm. And they are there with Jesus. They are in some ways at their most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this question of when we are vulnerable um, to God, how do, how, how do we experience God's presence? Mm-hmm. Um, it can be scary. It can be scary. Yeah. So much of it too reminds us like with the whole, like, let's make shelters, right? It's, you know, like, let's try to protect ourselves. Let's try to, you know, box it in or let's work our way out of this. Let's, I can do something, Jesus. I can do something for you. Let me help you out. Right. Like, I mean, which when you're just really called, they're called to experience it. And then like the, to the cloud, right. Coming over, right. It's such a a nod back to like Moses and and the wilderness and all of that. Right. And it's like, no, you don't have to do that. God will come and protect you. Cause like the, Mm -hmm. the pillar of Mm -hmm. cloud by day and the fire by night is what leads the people. Right. And so it's this protective, this protection, right? Like I, I, you don't need any of that and none of your human stuff. You know, I'm here. God's here. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, you know, in some ways how this ties into, to where they're at before this. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause right before this, we have the, if you want to become my followers, deny the cross, deny themselves, pick up the cross. Um, and he's teaching. Um, and he's just, you know, um, healing the blind man and, um, you know, he, they're trying to figure out who he is. So some of this, he also rebukes Peter right before this. They get behind me, Satan, for you're setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. So in some ways, this is Peter reacting. But <laughs> Poor like, Peter. Yeah. But but what's really interesting is 
is like Jesus says all this, and then six days later, hmm. you're like, wait, okay, six days later, why six days? What what happened? Um, what's the significance of this? Um, is this is this that we need we need a week of work? <laughs> is this we need this to be connected back to Sabbath? Yeah, maybe. Um, which we refer which you referenced last Sunday. I mean, heavily. So like thinking about how we understand understand that. Um, mm-hmm. It makes me wonder if if some of that also tie some of what you were saying about that protection and some of this is also is what do they need to like is Jesus going to take us up to the mountaintop and we're expecting one thing and what what we actually receive is is what we need even though that's not what we actually are expecting is this yeah. another way of understanding God's presence in our lives but not actually not not just God as as magic um you know therapeutic what is it uh uh ah, hocus pocus the, no hocus pocus i'm like <laughs> <laughs> anyway but just thinking about like um but this notion of 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 god god tending to our needs specifically mm-hmm. um the way that we want god to okay and it, is this is this in some ways jesus being like it's that you want this but yeah it's that age-old control kind of question right where yeah poor peter is constantly trying to be in control of who Jesus is and what Jesus does. And I mean, he even wants to build shelters, right? Yeah. Right. And it's not like it's a bad thing to want to be in control of that. Right. But it's not also not, not how God works. It's not. And so maybe like coming full circle, some of this is saying, um, wow, that's an interesting thing. Thinking about like the stories of Elijah, the stories of Moses, the stories of people and control and the people of Israel and control Mm -hmm. and issues with control, um, and failures. (laughs) Uh Um, and tying that into the narrative of the disciples mm-hmm. and s- asking the question of what do we actually need from God mm-hmm. and to be reminded of, yeah, to be able to be present, to let go, and to be able to move forward with God in our lives without making God in our own image. I think that'd be really like an, the interesting, an interesting way to go with to. everything, a little history lesson, because... Um, Because I think people know a fair amount about Moses, but probably a lot less about Elijah. And I even know a lot less about Elijah. That's not like a repeat story for me. So Elijah Rock. I mean, we know the song, but like, do we know Elijah? Like, yeah, Yeah. what's what's going on there? And how does Elijah challenge that? So here's your teaser. Come to church on Sunday and learn about Elijah. Because you might know nothing. No, I'm just (laughs) like, uh, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. I might go that route. But like, I really do like this idea. I like the the continuity of narrative Mm -hmm. between Elijah, Moses, and Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I also really, I think I'm really kind of stuck on this thought that this is way more about what we need in relationship to God than what God needs. Mm -hmm. Right? That this is not about Jesus being declared we already know who Jesus is. I, yeah, it's kind of like, more about, haven't I heard this before? It's more you about know? what does this mean for those who are following and how does this help help us understand and maybe the thing our is, own lives in relationship to God's work? Yes, our own lives in relationship to God's work and that like, um, God is doing something new here, but also God is doing the same thing that God has been doing throughout all of creation. So Amen. I yeah. think that the way in with that is right. Like, obviously, you keep hearing this at the beginning of the year, right? This is my son, the beloved. This is my son, <laughs> the beloved, right? And it's kind of like over I've heard over. this before. Who? Who? Wait, who's that? But again? it still seems surprising Jesus? to me. 
And it's like God is like, you've heard this before, right? Moses, Elijah, all these Mm -hmm. things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I am with you. I'm this cloud. I'm with you. I am here with you as the people. Like, like here, I keep telling you, will you receive it? And there's this thing, too, about transfiguration. It's like, oh, it's just another Sunday, right? And it's like, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, people, why do people come back every Sunday? You know, it's the same thing over and over again. It's like, because we need the same thing over and over again. We need a lot of it, yeah. <laughs> well, and and to be fair, like, part of this, too, is we need it over and over again, but also with tw- with a twist, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I mean is, I, in some ways, this is... Speak to me now in my moment, right? Yeah, and, and like, I think about this, I'm like, and God, after shaking God's head, says, Moses, Elijah, we, we tried this. Mm-hmm. Try, Jesus has been teaching you guys. I'm going to give you a mountaintop experience. If that doesn't work, I don't know what's next, mm-hmm. right? Like, that. Mm-hmm. there's these, these... People really love a mountaintop experience, so, like, I'm going to give it to you. Like, Moses right? at Sinai, great hit. Great hit. People love that. <laughs> they also screwed up, but, like, big hit. <laughs> but, like... Before, I was like, you can't come up the mountain, but now I'm like, come on. Come uh, on up yeah, the mountain. Yeah, see, the invitation is there. So it's pretty soon it's going to be expansive. We're all allowed to go up the mountain with, with God. Yeah, right. Um, which is wonderful. Um, seven-story mountain, Thomas Merton. But, like... Uh, this this journey of like light our lives and how we navigate. But I, I really do wonder if some of this is, is how can we hear this again in a new way? And some of it is saying, do we need to, or is it being reminded that the story that we've already heard the story and can we put the pieces together? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's also remembering the story when, and that we need that reminder. You know, I mean, I just think about like, um, just before coming to record record the podcast, I was doing a hospital visit and I was leaving the hospital and um, itty bitty baby was going out with the mom mm. and with, and the dad had just pulled up to, mm. and I was just like, I was overwhelmed with like the feelings of like, oh my gosh, that like two and a half years ago, that was, mm-hmm. I, I knew that feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm wondering if some of it, and it made me think, oh man, those, those first days like this and that, and it makes me wonder in some ways, is this another way that God is reminding us, you know, this story, mm-hmm. it's part of your communal life together. Mm-hmm. Let me remind you once again in a different way, mm-hmm. what that feels like yeah, and, and how that might impact you. Right. It's going back to connecting their old lives with their new, new lives, lives. Yeah. In, in, in Jesus, right? It's like, don't be afraid because it's still me. It's the same God you knew. Yeah. You just might be learning more things about me. And in some ways, maybe it's saying, hold on to this comfort from the past mm-hmm. or this where these strengths are, mm-hmm. because that's what's going to help you live, lean into this. Yeah, which I think is really helpful for people, especially of the older generation in the church, because it feels like the church is kind of moving a lot right now into different places and spaces. Yeah, and, it is. Um, I'd say with, all around the world, the church is shifting. Yeah, this is a with, post-pandemic. The, with the way society is yeah. is moving, too. And I wonder if it's just that example of like, hey, it's still me, God, but like, look at these new things I'm doing, Mm. you know, Mm. and I've, it's always been, hey, it's me, God, but look at these new things I'm doing. Right. Yeah. And that's always been our story, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't just stop at Genesis one, right? No. We keep, we keep rolling forward. Yeah. And I don't want to. I feel like we've leaned really heavily on a narrative from 
the Hebrew scriptures. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to undervalue the incarnational reality that is transfiguration. Mm -hmm. But I think that we miss, I think that what we're trying to say, I just want to name that is that we're, we're trying to say that the power that, that exists in that is also bound to the stories of the past Mm -hmm. and is bound into the greater picture of who God is in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, and in some ways, that's part, part of what's so powerful about an incarnational God yeah. is that God comes into the stories of exile mm-hmm. and flight and fear and anxiety and lousy kinks and lousy lives and, mm-hmm. and, and hopes and dreams, and that God comes into the midst of that and into that history yeah. in a different way. So I just, I just want to say, I think that like that to me is really powerful because I think that often we tie transfiguration as the start of Lent Mm -hmm. as a reminder of the incarnational reality of Christ. Yeah. Right. Both and. Both and. Mm -hmm. But I think that in some ways we're, I'd argue we undervalue some of the, the who's standing with him Mm -hmm. um, and what the stories mean together. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see where I go, but like, yeah, food for thought, but, um, well, we've traversed a lot of ground. Yeah. And we didn't even talk about dazzling white brighter than anything bleached. I mean, like, what? Yeah. I yeah. don't really have anything to say about that. That's I don't nice. either, except who the heck is bleaching <laughs> things back in that day? Was there was there bleach? What did they do? I mean, it's in here, so it must They be must so. have done something. Didn't they use pee? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think they used um, pee to bleach things. That's kind of Man. All right. Well, anyway, on that note, um, <laughs> next time we'll talk about fabrics and <laughs> we'll do some fact checking on that, but I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but thank you for journeying with us for Transfiguration <laughs> and uh, the joys that come with with uh, the story and also for wrestling with us with a text that is is not not always one that we, you know, lift up as, as great joy to, to wrestle with. Um, and um, thanks for being with us because I, you know, this this was refreshing. I appreciate this. I can't so. stop thinking about where we ended. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that, hey, you brought that into this conversation. I just think that I that's know, true. I, I will go look it we'll up go look after it up. this. All right. Um, so the other option is angels and cherubims, you know, just swooping down and, you know, no. Just dying things. Dying things slowly. Pouring out the Clorox. Clorox. <laughs> that's actually why they were kind of creepy. Um, <laughs> people were like, they're bringing bleach. We're bleaching things. <laughs> for God. It's for God. Uh, anyway, thanks for being All with right. us today. You've been listening to the Queen City, Pre- Queen City Preachers podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. I'm Pastor Molly. Be well, friends, and uh, have a wonderful week.